Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we're talking about how to introduce your dog to your new baby. If you have a cat, you'll want to stay tuned for next week's episode since we'll be talking about cats because we all know cats and dogs are different and they react in different ways. So if you have a cat, stay tuned for next week. We want to give a big shout out to Kate, our listener from England, who sent us a message suggesting this episode. So thank you so much, Kate. It was an awesome idea. With this episode, there is a free download on our website, bestlifemomsclub.com. So if you go there, you can download uh, everything we talk about in this episode, and you also have access to our whole library of other free downloads. Some of them pertain to other podcast episodes, and some of them are just uh, for your information. So go to bestlifemomsclub.com and you can download all of those. I also want to quickly mention that it's the end of the month, and at the end of the month, we open up the doors to our mommy mentorship program. You see, Katie and I want to transform the way women enter motherhood. We've done this podcast to give an honest account of what it's like to become a mom, but we wanted to be able to support you even further. So we've developed a mentorship program. It's low cost and it gives you group support, monthly masterclasses with international guest experts, and the information you need when you need it. We are excited about it because it is a huge game changer. You'll still need your village, your friends, and your family, but we want to be part of your village too. Because there's something to be said about women experiencing the exact same life changes at the same time. And there's also something to be said about learning from women who have already experienced those life changes. Motherhood is the only job where you don't get mentorship from someone. Think about your career. When you started, there was probably someone there to guide you and show you the ropes. Well, in motherhood, there's nobody standing there holding your hand and sharing and pouring knowledge into you. Yes, you'll learn some stuff from your mom, although she probably hasn't had a newborn in years. You'll also learn some stuff from family or friends who have kids a bit older than yours, but they're so busy with their families that they don't necessarily have the time to specifically devote to mentoring you. Which is why we started the Mommy Mentorship Program and found some amazing international guest experts to help you. If you want to know more about this program, check out our website, bestlifemomsclub.com, or send us a message on Instagram, at bestlifemomsclub. We're always happy to chat, because we are here for you. With that, here's the episode. Amanda, both you and I 
we both have pets. We had fur babies before our real babies. And uh, were you worried about introducing Jagger to the boys? Well, the funny thing is Jagger was like my constant companion almost pre-kids pre <laughs> because Keith travels a lot for work. So I used to take Jagger everywhere. Everywhere I could take the dog, I would take the dog because he's 12 pounds and he's small and he's cute. And so it was pretty easy just to take him wherever I had to go. So I think it was shocking for Jagger when the kids came because suddenly he wasn't the center of attention and uh, things life just kind of got shook up for him. Not that he's not happy and he's not loved because he definitely is, but it's definitely different for him. It's different for everybody. Right. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. I completely understand about how, you know, Jagger being your constant companion for me, Phoenix was similar. She was larger than, ja she was larger than Jagger, but um, she was like my ride or die. Like everywhere I went, she went. She was with me all the time. And, and so I completely understand going from like just the two of us to <laughs> having. I like how we reference just the two of us as being us and the dog. <laughs> yeah. Like a hundred percent, like Phoenix was my ride or die. And, and Peter, <laughs> like he was very aware of like, when he would get up to leave for work in the morning, Phoenix would wait until the car, like the front door was closed and she would then jump up into the bed and go under the covers and sleep the rest of the morning with me. So it was the same with Jagger. Like Jagger would sleep on the bed with me every night. And then when the boys came, he was mad at me and he would not sleep on the bed with me and I'm not sure if it was just because I had to get up in the middle of the night and stuff so it was a little bit disruptive but like even later on I remember like bringing him upstairs and he just wasn't into it yeah now that they're older and Caroline's older a few times he's he's uh, gone upstairs and uh, I find him upstairs in the bedroom somewhere not on the bed because he can't hop up that high but definitely now I think he would probably sleep in bed with me but I'm to the point now where I'm so used to him not being there that I think it would actually disturb me because he wakes up or he moves or he does something so I tried it a couple times and it just wasn't working yeah the couch it is and so you have just you have Jagger just a dog and then but I also had Jack so I have Jackson I still have Jackson and Phoenix. We had Phoenix and we're coming up to her one year. We're approaching her one year anniversary of her passing. But at the time, like we had Phoenix, our dog, and then Jackson or Jax, our cat as well. So I've had, I have kind of experience with both cats and dogs and bringing the kids in. If you ever find that I have a cat... <laughs> That means my husband doesn't live in the house anymore. <laughs> Keith is like super allergic to cats. So we we just can't have a cat. Not that I don't like cats. I just can't have one for that yeah. reason. Yeah, so tips to introducing 
your animals. Yeah, preparing your animals and introducing your your animals to your new baby. So I think a lot of it depends on your pet's personality, right? There is some things that we, that every animal has their own personality. And I will say flat out, like out of the gate, I am a huge believer in talking to your animals. So I have- Oh, 100%. Okay. So I have a lot of conversations, like Phoenix and I used to have full conversations. Jax and I still, he, I talk to him, he talks back, like full conversations. Um, so I will just get that out of the way for listeners. I'm a big proponent to talking to your animals. Um, but some things to think of. So I, I think it might be easier to break it up into like preparing your dog and preparing your cat, just because they are two different kind of animals, obviously, and they have their own realms of how to handle them. Uh, so for me, there's some things to consider, like, does your dog have previous, previous exposure and experience with kids, little kids and babies? That's something to consider. Um, have you done obedience training? And then also kind of the breed and energy level and what their needs are. Um, and then from there, thinking about kind of things to do while you're pregnant, once you have the baby, and then coming home. So for me, one thing to think about when I was thinking about it and researching and kind of dealing with this was like, while you're pregnant, one thing to think about is, have you done obedience training or like have basic training for your animal, for your dog? So if they're a puppy or a more rambunctious dog that maybe doesn't have the best training, it might be something to consider getting, doing some basic obedience training um, before you get too pregnant because jumping up on you, especially if you have a really big dog, um, like when you come home and having them jump all over you while you're seven, eight, nine months pregnant, not ideal because your balance is off, right? You can fall over. There's a safety piece to that. If while you're walking them and they're really, they pull on the leash a lot. And if they're a large dog and strong, again, you're heavily pregnant, your balance is off, you're more prone to falling, you get pulled, you fall, you don't want to have that happen. So something to consider about obedience training is have you done it or do you maybe need to do it? Did you ever do obedience training with Jagger? So we got him from the Humane Society and I think someone did obedience training with him. He was pretty trained when it came to a lot of things. Uh, plus he only weighs 12 pounds. So Jagger jumping up on me didn't really do anything. Um, he's, a bit big... of an, he's a bit of an ankle biter. <laughs> yeah. Not he's that definitely he an act- ankle biter. Not that he actually does, but like size wise, he's an ankle biter. Yeah. Like he's a terrier mutt. So he's uh, pretty small, but he, yeah, he, d- he did have some training. Like he understood like basic commands and stuff. Does he walk perfectly every time? No. Um, and he, he walks better for Keith than he does for me. But Jagger did know enough. And if we were, if we talked to him sternly enough, like we're, we're like, no, he would kind of stop whatever he was doing. So I didn't have to take him to obedience training, but I do think someone did at some point. 
Yeah, and we also got, I also got Phoenix from the Humane Society. I, we might have gotten him from the same Humane Society. Did you get it from in town? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, uh, even though I wasn't living in town at the time, but yeah, we came, I, we came here and got her. But um, we got her when she was six months old when we got Phoenix. So we did a BD, I did obedience training with her. And, um, and she was a beagle. So that took a lot of work. <laughs> And a lot of snacks to get done. So she knew like basic command, like by the end of it, she knew commands and everything. And then one thing I did with walking because beagles are, are a hound obviously, and they follow their noses is I actually trained her to walk on umbilical. Do you know what that is? No. What's that? So it's umbilical walking is where you wrap, you tie the, um, the leash around your waist and so okay. there's a so that they they have to walk right beside you and there's not a lot of space because for beagles they follow their nose they pull a lot and it's about getting them to stay close to your side so i i taught her how to walk on umbilical beside me um so she always walked really close and then once we got that and she walked like that for the rest of her life like even though i didn't always have her tied to me like i after the training, I just walked her on leash normally, but it made a massive, massive difference. And I used to do obstacle courses with her when she was a puppy and on umbilical and we used to jump over on um, benches and jump over benches. But it was a matter of her following me rather than her pulling and like leading the way. Um, and that set up a big, was a big piece for her for walking was um, having her know how to walk properly on a leash. Um, and the, obviously like the basic commands of sit, stop, stay. stay yeah. yeah. Um, she never mastered the rollover though. She always had a really weird rollover or lay down. It was funny, but yeah. Obedience training, something to consider. And like, you don't have to go hardcore, but basic commands just to kind of refocus. And I think to knowing how to calm your dog down is a really big piece as well does jagger have any tricks to calming like if he gets really really excited how to calm him down i usually just grabbed him because <laughs> he's so I guess small. He's small yeah i just grab him pick him up yeah right so he's not yeah and jagger doesn't wander off so like right now like if i open the front door jagger might go outside but he won't leave our property yeah Right. He's, he's an, he really is an awesome dog. I don't know how he ended up at the Humane Society because yeah. he's just a really good dog and he's, he's good with the kids. He was good with, I'd seen him around kids, like my friend's kids and stuff, pre babies. Uh, so I knew he'd be good with kids and he's been really good with the kids. Sometimes they're rough with him and I have to like remove him from the children. Yeah. But yeah, he's been awesome with them. And I, I, yeah, he's been incredible. So yeah, we were very lucky too. like with Phoenix, she absolutely loved kids and like similar, we had Phoenix for almost 10 years before Freya, we had Freya. So like she was well-established, she was older, right? Like she wasn't still a puppy in a puppy stage. She would have been, it would have been challenging because she liked to chew, but for sure, you know, chew toys. If you have a dog that likes to chew, 
one of the things is like, you know, have a basket of like new chew toys. And if you're nursing with the baby, once you're home, like you have a basket of toys to like give them, toss at them to keep them occupied if you need to. Um, but Phoenix was older and she loved kids. So I wasn't so concerned about like her exposure to the kids because like she used to pick, she, she would pick, on our walks, what direction we would go. And she would be p- looking for kids and like people to go visit down the oh. road or on like sidewalks. And like, she would put her, sit herself down and refuse to like cross the street if it, we weren't going where she wanted to go. Um, so like we knew that she was going to be okay with the kids and she was granted, like she didn't get much time with Finn, but her and Freya were very good. Like she was very good with Freya. Uh, well, and one thing that we should say is, like, even though your dog might be good with kids, you still cannot leave your baby in a room by itself with the dog. Absolutely. Right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what size the dog is. Yeah. You cannot leave. It's just not safe. Right? No, you all, yeah, you do not leave your kids and your pets unattended no matter how great they are, because something can happen. They are still an animal. Um, and, you know, flukier things have happened for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Kind of the next point kind of leading into it is like preparations is kind of setting things up and having the nursery set up baby equipment set up in advance to um, having the baby so that, your pets can get like acclimated to the new stuff. Um, did you let you, you said Jagger used to sleep upstairs with you, but did you let him go into the boys nursery? Yeah. So Jagger had like free roam of the whole house, like pre children. <laughs> now there's gates everywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, he had free roam. Of, oh, speaking. I think he hears his name. Oh, great. He's coming in. He's coming to say hi. He wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so he had free roam of the house. So he would like see stuff being set up. And um, I think even probably when we were putting the nursery together, like building the beds and stuff, like he would have been around. He was just always with me if he wasn't sleeping. Like I would, I'd work from home sometimes and Jagger would be like on my lap because he's like a lap dog, right? Same with Keith. Sometimes Keith would be like doing work and Jagger would be on his lap or he'd be like by her feet. You know, he had beds all over the house and yeah, it was definitely different for him. But yeah, no, he, he saw everything that was going on and I pep talked him, told him what was happening. Like, cause we talked to our animals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pep talks are huge. Absolutely. And, but I think getting them involved and so that they can see it. Um, one thing, I don't know if you ever did this, but I did with Phoenix, not with Freya when I was pregnant with Freya, but actually when um, my cousin, who is now 13, was a baby because I, I used to be with him a lot, was um, I would practice walking with the stroller with Phoenix. So like going for a walk with Phoenix, with the stroller, even if it was empty, um, just to have them get used like have her get used to being able to like walking beside the stroller knowing where she needed to go 
And that was a big piece for uh, her when she was younger. And then I think I'm pretty sure that Peter did it even when we were pregnant with Freya, actually. Now that I think of it. Yeah, he totally did practice taking Phoenix for a walk with the stroller before Freya happened. Yeah, for sure she did. He did. But that's a really good thing. Like if, when you're taking your dog for walks is getting used to walking beside the stroller because it is a difference for them. I didn't do that, but that is actually a really good idea to get a little bit of practice because it is a little bit cumbersome when you're walking a dog with a stroller. I found that when I had the boys, the first little bit, I was just walking by myself with the stroller. And then when they were a little bit older and I felt like I had stuff together a little bit more, uh, and was kind of used to getting the boys in the stroller and taking the stroller out and stuff. Then I added the dog to the mix. So it wasn't like an immediate, I'm bringing the dog with me, uh, because I just thought that might be a bit much. And I had to get kind of used to, I had to get myself acclimatized to what was happening and the new changes in my life. And I, you know, I had a C-section, so then there was always that to consider too. Um, and this would have been me going out after I was cleared after my six weeks. I didn't take the kids out before then, but yeah, the dog probably wasn't put into the mix for probably the first three months. I didn't walk him with the stroller. It was just too much. Well, and that makes sense for having a C-section and twins. It yeah. just being too much. Absolutely. That totally makes sense. I, yeah. I always thought, thought of it as, and I even thinking back now, like it really was having Phoenix was a great way to get me out of the house at least twice a day or at least once a day um, to take her for a walk because she was a dog that needed to go for two walks a day, one in the morning, one at night at least. And um, she needed that. So it was a really nice way to like force me to get out in the fresh air with Freya um just to get out of the house right for we, we yeah oh yeah for sure and we I, yeah i made sure i took the boys for a walk every day um and then like if keith was home like one of us would run out with the dog type thing and so jagger would still kind of go for a quick walk <laughs> not the walks that he used to get because i used to take him for like a long walk every morning um but he's a small dog, so he doesn't need quite as much exercise as like a bigger dog. But like Keith and I, or my mom and I, if we both went out with the buggy and the, like the boys in the buggy, then one of us would walk the dog. But if it was just me by myself, it just initially it was too much. And I think that's one thing we need to know as moms, like take baby steps. So like, master one thing like even originally for me I was going oh my gosh how am I going to get two kids into the buggy all by myself so like I actually had to like think it all through and then I had to do it a few times right and then I felt really confident but then like adding the dog into it I just needed to be in the zone where I'm like okay I feel really good and then I could add the dog into it but that was just for me right and um I could see it being easier to walk the dog if I had a single stroller versus my big double, right? So like if, it, if I did have one baby, it might have been sooner. 
because I, I was like double wide going down the, and then eventually I ended up having a triple stroller <laughs> because I had Caroline and I needed to be able to get out and walk the kids and I would walk them in a triple stroller. And I never ventured out with the dog in the triple stroller. That was just too much. <laughs> oh, that was a huge stroller. Like, yeah, yeah. But you, you, you wouldn't, it would have just been easier to put Jagger in the stroller. <laughs> like, yeah. in the basket for, yeah and just go for the walk yeah. but no like that's a really good point about you know taking baby steps going in your comfort level and thinking about you know where you are in your postpartum journey if you're going if you want to take your your dog for a walk like where are you in your healing journey as well because even if you have a vaginal birth right there's still trauma there's healing that happens and a pull from a dog or you know if you're walking on a sidewalk or you, you know, you stub your, you trip and like you stumble a little bit, like that can cause pain. So to go listen to your body and listen to your, how you're feeling just comfort wise with the whole situation. Absolutely. Well, and like, if you have a spouse that's at home, like one of you might have to take the dog for a walk on its own. Um, and maybe that becomes your spouse's obligation where you know he takes them for a walk or your partner whoever whoever you're with takes the dog for a walk just to get the dog out of the house but you know maybe you want to take the baby for a walk because it just forces you to get out of the house when you're on your own yes. right so or you know, th things to consider or you you know if you have somebody coming to help you out around the house then if you're not comfortable and or you're not feeling up like you won't even want to take the dog for a walk, ask them to take the dog for a walk. Yeah, exactly. That's about getting people to help you, right? We talk about this all the time. Yeah. And the funny thing is sometimes now when Keith's home, I make Keith watch the kids and I take the dog for a walk. Me and Jagger go out for like half an hour, go for a walk, right? Just to get me out of the house because I'm at home with the kids all day. So yeah. that's the, the flip side of it. Like the flip side of it might be, or one way you might want to get out with your baby and you leave the dog at home. And another, another way is you leave the baby at home with your partner and take the dog out, right? So yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And then if, since we're talking about walks and it kind of loops back to like what your dog's exposure is to kids and babies, if you're walking in, if your dog maybe hasn't had much exposure to, to kids and the noise and kind of the energy of them, um, go for a walk through a park or by a playground just to have them be able to hear the sounds and look around and see that's something that you know, it's a way to introduce them into little people um, to get them a little bit more of like, that is something terrifying that I've never seen. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So. Well, yeah, because kids are loud and noisy and they run around. So better get them used to it, I guess. Yeah. Um. That's kind of all I have for like while you're pregnant and kind of to prepare like leading up to the baby. So we could segue into once you have the baby. So one of the biggest things for me and I was stealing some blankets that Freya had 
slept in and kind of, you know, she'd worn um, while she was in the hospital and Peter would come home because he was working. So at night, like after coming for visiting us, he would like steal a blanket because originally we asked the nurse, like, can we just have one of the red and like the blue and pink blankets just to take for our animals? And uh, she was like, no, it's property of the hospital. But if they disappear, I can't do anything about it. So like she couldn't give us the permission to take the take them. But she was essentially saying, just take it, just steal it. Uh, so we stole a bunch. <laughs> like every night Peter would like take one of the ones off of Freya and just like sneak it in his bag and um but bringing a clothing or a blanket that your baby has worn so it has their scent and then bringing it home for your animals and this is beneficial for cats and dogs and then so that they can smell it because scent is such a big thing did you do that with Jagger? Yeah, we did that with Jagger too. Um my parents actually had the dog for I want to say probably the first week maybe not quite a week uh that the boys like eh, probably but we dropped him off when I went into the hospital because we knew Keith would be preoccupied and then we picked him up I think a few days later so not quite a week let's say six five or six days and uh yeah we did the same thing with the boys clothes and then when he came home the boys were already at home and he came in and we greeted him and we're so happy to see him and then we took him over to see the babies well so. actually, actually that segues really well into the whole coming home kind of topic of um like when you came home did you go in empty-handed or did you have a baby in your hands like a carrier when I came home, yeah. What? Well, when the dog met, uh, yeah. When Jagger when met them? Jag, when Jagger came home. So when Jag, so when Jagger came home, they were in, um, they were sleeping, on the main floor. Right. So they were in their beds. So then he could just go up and sniff them. Uh, yeah. So what we did, we kind of held him up, and then. He kind of saw that they were there. And then I think my parents were still there. So then we like got the babies out and then we let them sniff them. Mm -hmm. So for us, because we came home to Phoenix, um, one of the things was like going in empty handed. So Peter was carrying Freya in the carrier and I went in to see Phoenix without a baby just because I hadn't seen her for a few days um and like knowing that she was going to be very excited to see me that she had missed me that um me not holding the carrier and me just going straight to phoenix and giving her that attention of like the reunion um and then like reduce the risk of myself getting injured because i was focused on her not having the baby like so that there was no risk to the baby getting hurt Um, but then it was focused attention on her, got her, like, you know, we said her hellos and she was very excited. And then once things settled down, took Freya out of the carrier and kind of held her out for Phoenix to sniff her. Um, and actually, so with that in mind, I have, I actually, I have a friend who 
when coming home with her kit, with her babies separate, um, you know, after the initial excitement of her going into the house empty handed, like seeing the dog who, and they have a large dog, very large dog, very, and younger. So excitable still. Um, once everything's calmed down, what they actually do is they take the baby and they put, lay the baby with the dog once they get it calm and laid down and they say to her, this is yours to take care of now. And like, that is this, they say that to, to the dog and like they make, you know, let her sniff and lick. And it's actually a family tradition because her dad did that with her and her sisters with their family dog when they were born. I was That's like, so cute. Isn't that so cute? Like this yeah. is yours now. Yeah, so cute. But yeah, having, you know, empty hands, focused attention to celebrate your reunion with your dog and then bringing forward the baby like Lion King style and say, here, I present this baby to you. So we probably read the same thing. Or actually, Peter probably read <laughs> the same thing that I read about introducing pets, because it sounds like we did kind of the same thing. Only awesome. Jagger returned home, and then we were excited to see him and greeted him, whereas you went in with the baby. Yeah, awkward pause, because I read nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably. And it makes sense, right? Like having the blanket for the smells, and that was really important for Jax, too. Um, and then, and then also presenting the baby, um, to your dog. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's important to have them be able to smell and kind of, you know, give kisses, maybe not on the face. I don't know. Some people are really uptight about that. Other people, not so much. So like whatever your preference is about dog drool on your kid, um, you know, your choice, it's your baby, you do you. Um, kind of the last one for a dog that I have, and I don't know, is like, kind of links back to the walking, but a t something to keep in mind is like, a tired dog is often a calm dog. So, you know, whether it's your spouse, um, or a friend who's coming and taking the dog out, but like making sure that your dog, if they need the exercise, gets the exercise. Um, that they you can make. also hire dog walkers. Yeah. Like there are people who just walk dogs. That's what they do for their profession. Yeah. Right? Like one of my neighbors, she's a dog walker. So yeah, like even if you're like, okay, I'm going to pay to have the dog walker come a couple times a week, something that'll be cost effective for you, but give you the peace of mind that the dog's being walked, right? Yeah, no, and you could say I'm going to do it for the first three months, you know, because, you know, the first three months is the fourth trimester, right? Yep. That's the real, I got a newborn, I'm fog-brained, like, that's when you're in the baby zone. So once the three months is over, the fog kind of starts to lift. I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily a walk in the park, but it gets easier, right? So if you even had something like that for the first three months that might alleviate some of some of that no that's a really really good point I hadn't even thought of that if you're not able or you don't have the time or you have the you know financial means to do something like that then you know that might be a good option yeah absolutely yeah 
And then I was reading too, I never did this, but I was reading in when I was looking up on this topic and doing some research, but something that I kept seeing was like, if you're, while you're feeding, whether you're bottle feeding or breastfeeding to have like a basket of treats and toys for your dog so that while you're feeding and you're seated, if they want to be with you, then they, if they need to play, then you have something that you can give them a toy so that they're occupied. So they're not climbing on you. Or, um, I read something about, you know, if they calm down while you're feeding to reward them with food, if you're a treat person, um, to like kind of give positive reinforcement for that calm behavior and like relaxing during that calm feeding time. Um, so I did read about some of that stuff. I never did that. Did you? I've never heard of that, but you know, different dogs have different personalities and you know, if you do have a dog that is a little hyper and they're listening, you might want to reward them. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, is that, you know, you know, your dog's personality best and what they need. So, um, you know, what we experienced with our dogs, given that they were a little bit older, Phoenix was significantly older than Jagger, but, um, is a different experience of somebody who has a puppy. I can't imagine having a newborn and like a legitimate puppy at the same time. No, that would not be fun. (laughs) That sounds so hard. So Phoebe, my mom's dog was like, I don't know, too. Like she was like puppy-ish still. Mm -hmm. And 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 she went to training the whole bit and like it was still like Phoebe, like we would have to put Phoebe in the other room sometimes like well, when I was at my parents house she would just get so excited well I remember Phoebe coming for playdates that we would be at your house and Phoebe coming in oh yeah and yeah being excited and having to be put into the back oh yeah she just gets way too hyper and uh, like Phoebe will jump up on me. She just gets so excited because she loves you, right? And yeah, yeah. But no. she, and yeah, Phoebe's Phoebe's very, very interesting dog. She's actually a therapy dog, and she's like at my mom's office. She is work Phoebe's is what we call her because she's like so calm and and quiet. And and then like at home, she's just like she's not bananas, but she gets excited right so well and it's it's not funny but like it's with being almost a year without phoenix now i my heart still hurts and i still but part of me is like i miss having a dog and i know peter misses having a dog and freya talks about phoenix all the time and how much she misses her and so i'm like do we get an like do we get a dog is this the time that we get a dog? And my mom was like, no, you're having another baby soon. Like you have to give it at least another probably eight months. Maybe next summer you can get a dog. Well, well, you know, like, because it's been like, you know, some people I talked to are like, oh, you know, I can't go like, I think you've mentioned it like within a couple of months, you know, you've already said that like, whenever you do lose Jagger, that like, you won't go very long without having to get another one right oh yeah we won't go very long I'll start I would start looking like uh, we'd probably get another I would like to get another dog from the humane society oh yeah me too yeah and uh I just like adopting 
uh, humane society mutts, right? Pound puppies. And uh, so I would probably start looking there and see what comes up. Jagger just kind of came up when I kind of wasn't looking, but my sister actually found him and was like, this dog's really cute. <laughs> but yeah, no, I wouldn't like, I'm surprised you were able to go as long as you did. Yeah, I totally would have had, I, if I, I totally would have had another dog, like at least six months ago. <laughs> you know, it still is hard though. Like even in thinking about this episode, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I cried quite a bit thinking about this episode and like, even now talking about Phoenix, like my heart still hurts and I feel like I'm going to cry. But, um, you're also pregnant. <laughs> so the magnifies everything. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it, you know, it still is very like even a year is, it's still hard, but, or approaching a year, but Peter came home one day and he was like, I did something today that I never thought I would do. And I was like, Oh God, what did you do? And he's like, at lunch, I just like mindlessly went on to the, he was looking at dogs on humane society webpages, like websites. I was like, really? Like totally out of the blue. But um, yeah, we're getting off topic again, but like I've, the question is like, do I get a, you know, do I start looking for a puppy? Because I know how much Phoenix miss, or Freya misses me and my F names, even though Phoenix is a PH, but my F sounding names. F sounding names. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, but I can't imagine having like a newborn and a puppy at the same time. Like that sounds insane. Yeah, that does not sound like fun. I have, I have joked with Peter. I was like, maybe we need to get like a herding dog so that we can just have it herd <laughs> the kids. Because um, I think we might need that. <laughs> okay. So ultimately you know, you know your dog best and to con consider what they need and go on their personality. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.